Well, are you glad to be here? God is good. David said, glad when they said, we will go to the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to go to the house of God for, a, for one purpose. There's, a, there's an overriding purpose for the house of God, and that is to hear the Word of the living God. Amen? The Word of God. We thank God for His Word today. Up here today, as we've been in our series, Holy Spirit, the help. Holy Spirit, the help. Put this empty chair up here. I read in a book one time, uh, a book written by Dr. Paul Youngie Cho in South Korea, pastors of the largest church, as far as I know, uh, still over a million members, I think, is what is in this church. And, uh, and uh, in his book, The Fourth Dimension, he talked about, and, and I guess it's still that way in his, in his congregation, in his church, that uh, on the platform there's, a, there's an empty chair. And uh, when he first put that chair up there, people began to ask, whose chair is that? And he said, that, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's chair. And uh, I remember reading that when I first read that, and I thought to myself, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't sit in a chair. You know, Holy Spirit's in us, He's everywhere, so He's, he's in the chair, but, but He doesn't sit in the chair. I, I remember thinking that. But the longer I meditated on, on what that chair was there for, and that's the reason I put a chair up here uh, when we started the series, is because it represents the Holy Spirit as a person. The Bible talks of him as he, he the Holy Spirit, not it, not a thing, but he's a person. And Dr. Cho just made mention that it made him aware of deferring to the Holy Spirit and being aware of the fact that he's in our lives. In the series, Holy Spirit, the help, what we've been talking about is raising our awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life on a day-to-day basis. Anybody that's, that's a born-again Christian doesn't deny the fact that the Holy Spirit is real or you wouldn't be born again. So it's not, the, the, the Holy Spirit issue is not so much an issue whether the Holy Spirit is real or not, but does the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit a part of our everyday lives, and was He intended to be a part of that? Well, this is our fourth message on this, and in the three previous, we really emphasized the fact, and, and, I, and I told you when, we, when I first started, if you were here, if you weren't, you can get those messages online on, on our website, but um, I told you in, in, in our first message that as I was looking for a word through all the different translations of the Bible that I felt like was like a catchy word or something that was a little bit, you know, more impacting of a word that, that described the Holy Spirit, as I looked through all the names, I couldn't find anything better than helper. It was like, that's what he is. That's what he was put here for. And I'm telling you, as I've told you in the last few services, 
You need help. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who's sitting in here today doesn't need some help? And the Holy Spirit was sent here to help you. I made this point, and I I feel like it's real important that I just drive this home as I get into just a few more things today. But I made this point in the last or in in the first two messages, and it's this: if if you have if you have or you're in a I'll just take for an example you're in a difficult financial situation today. Let's say that that you're in debt, you've got a lot of pressure financially, and it seems like you can't break loose, okay? Many times, people that get born again are people that have been born again a long time, and then they find themselves in a difficult situation. We'll just take finances. People want God to fix it. You know, God fix my situation. But I can tell you that God never led you into financial despair. He doesn't know despair. He doesn't know lack. He doesn't, it's not part of his nature. So he didn't lead you into that place. Okay? I mean, anybody in here, you don't, don't raise your hand because we don't, we don't want you to tell on yourself, but anybody in here ever had financial difficulties? Anybody that hasn't, you know, I I need you to spend some time with me that you haven't had any kind of financial difficulty at all. I'm not talking about that you haven't come through something or you've come and gotten on top, but everybody somewhere has had some financial difficulty and God didn't lead you to that place. So here's the thing I want you to think about as we go on. If that's the case and we want God to fix it, but we don't change what's wrong in us, then God becomes not the helper, but the enabler. Because all he's going to do is fix your situation, and then you'll be right back in the, in the same place. And to fix it to us means give me money. Not earn money, give me a check in the mail, baby. That'll fix my whole situation. But it won't fix... What got you there? See? And so, so if, we, if we can think of it this way, that he's the helper, and through, his, through the word that he wants to reveal to you, in other words, okay, let's think of the word this way today, okay? The word of God is information regarding everything that you will ever need to know for the rest of your life. If I just went through and said, give me a subject, and you threw out family, answers. Finances, all the answers. Healing, all the answers. Somebody said, "Uh, uh, I need to sleep at night, all the answers. Every answer to every situation that you will ever face is in this book. Ever. Oh, come on, pastor. Okay, I'll give you a real hard one, you know. I I can't even think of, my mind can't think of something that's not in there. Because every problem I've ever had that I tried to fix, when I came to my own senses, I went to the Word and it fixed it. 
So, this book is information that you need to get free. And the Holy Spirit has been sent to help you to understand it. And when he helps you understand what you need to know about specific situations, you know what will happen, the end result of it? Freedom. So, when I started this series, I told you, bar none, this is the most important message for the church today, bar none. Because this message right here that we've been teaching will cause everything else to fit. Because that's the Holy Spirit's job. We talked last week, we defined several different names. I mean, He's, he's your strengthener. I just use kind of in a silly way, you know, he's, he's, He can do so much more than a Red Bull. Because people drink a Red Bull or five-hour energy, and they'll drink all kinds of things like that to be strengthened, but then they're let down. But he'll strengthen you in ways that you never even knew you needed strengthened. But that's who he is. That's his nature. But he'll help you to become that strong person. From inside out will cause your natural body to be strong, and, and things that even ail you will be, you'll be set free of. He's your advocate. He's an attorney like you've never had, ever needed in all your life. And he, he will stand on your behalf, and he, he will deliberate on your behalf, and he will declare your innocence if you will stay connected to him. And everything that is wrong in your life, he'll deliver you and set you free. But he won't just fix it. He'll help you get that way. He's the helper. He's the helper. And so I want to look at a couple things just adding to what we've shared in, in, in the last three services. Foundational scripture in Galatians 5 that I've used is just to make a point. As verse 16 of Galatians 5, I say, then walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I told you kind of told on myself in the fact that I've preached from this verse in days past, but, mo but, but multiple times when I would preach from this verse of Scripture right here, more of my focus was on what the lust of the flesh were instead of walking in the Spirit. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what is wrong in your flesh, if you'll walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill those things. So, that's why we're talking about, we're talking about learning to know and to understand what it is to walk in the Spirit. And if you've been born again for 50 years or more, or you've been born again for 30 years or more, or 20 years, or 10 years, or 2 years, or 1 year, or 6 months, or some in here that were born again last week, uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been born again, today is the day to learn how to walk by the Spirit. And, it, and, and, and I'm just telling you right now that a walk with the Holy Spirit who is a person, to walk with Him and to talk with Him and to spend time with Him and to connect with Him and let Him be the helper that He was created to be to reveal all truth to you, is not like some sci-fi movie. 
It's not some spooky, weird, kind of funky thing. But it is something that you have to experience beyond your flesh. And that's just scary to people. Well, you know, what is all that? Well, we're going to talk about all that. And in the, and, and two more weeks of this message after today, we're going to pray with you and agree with you on how to activate the person of the Holy Spirit in your own life. So I want to look at a couple things today, and I want to start preparing you. If, you're, if you don't have the, the deeper connection with the Holy Spirit. It's not another Holy Spirit, but it's a deeper connection with the Holy Spirit. If you're not operating and tapping into that on a day-to-day basis, we just want to help you to embrace the Helper so He can help you so you don't live this life like you're on your own. God didn't intend for us to live like we're on our own. Can you say amen to that? Okay, so Turn to the book of John, first, the 16th chapter, and the 7th verse. We've read this each time, 16 and 7. And Jesus said to his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you, the Helper. So here's Jesus and who he is, and and the people see him, and he tells them who he is, that he's the Son of God, that he, he begins to reveal to his disciples who he is, and then he begins to tell them, it's to your advantage that I leave so the other guy can come. Man, that's a bold statement. He knows what he has the ability to do, but he came with his purpose and then he, what he's saying is the Holy Spirit, the helper, is coming so he can fulfill his purpose. And, and, and his purpose is to represent all of heaven on earth inside of you and I. And now today, you and I need to embrace the Holy Spirit, the helper, so he can help us. Amen? Now turn back a couple of pages to John chapter 14. And I want to read verse 15, 16, and 17 first, and then I want to back up to verse 1. Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He wasn't in them yet. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen? Amen? Now, I want to back up to verse 1 of chapter 14, and this is just kind of the meat of my message today, where where we've taken this. And again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Helper, and He's here to help us in two ways. He's here to help us, number one, and He's here to help us help others.
That's what you were put here for. Such a time as this, you were created to live, to have a helper help you, and then teach you how to help others, right? And you help others to know him so he can help them because your help will only well, your help will only help to a certain point, then they've got to have that personal relationship with the helper so he can help them. I just ask you the question before I look at this verse right, these verses right here. Think about what you need help in today. Where do you need help? Verse 1 of John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Now, if you haven't been born again and you don't know a lot about the past teachings of this, these two verses of Scripture, a lot of the church has created a leaving mentality from this passage right here. And a lot of the church has created this thing of this desire and this hoping for our time in, in heaven and these big mansions that God has built for us, and, and in a lot of ways, or, or just conversations that I've had with people from these two couple of verses of Scripture, is that they, you know, what, that, what that's doing is that's causing a longing in them to get out of the mess that they're in. Now, I'll just tell you, and I'm going to prove it here in these verses as I read it, Jesus had leaving on his mind. But Jesus didn't have leaving for the disciples on his mind. He told them, I'm going to prepare a dwelling place in heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Watch this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. But watch what Thomas says. He said to him, but, but Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And then he says, if, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you, you know him and have seen him. And then Philip says here, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? And I used to have, I used to have some real difficulty with understanding this until... I came to a place where I realized 
that Jesus wasn't going, and, and okay, and if this steps on your toe, you know, I'm, I'm not here to argue with you about, you know, what those mansions that the scripture is talking about. The, the literal in the Greek is dwelling places, a dwelling place. And, and I, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm telling you something because what I'm fixing to tell you fits with the rest of what Jesus was saying to me. But what he was going to prepare was a place so that right now, today, right now, Burt Wimberly in Kerrville, Texas, in 2013, is at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Because he went and he prepared a place for me so that where he is, I could be. But how am I there? Through the person of the Holy Spirit who is helping me to understand that day to day. And the more that I understand that he's prepared a place for me and for you, the more that I can tap into and connect to everything that the pages of this book tell me. See, because if you're a mother here today and you're raising little kids, Jesus is not going to raise your kids. But he will help you and he will show you things and reveal things. And you know why? Because of the place that was prepared at the right hand of the Father. And that place that was prepared now and forevermore and through eternity, you have a place. So if we get there and it looks like the Taj Mahal, you know, or bigger, or it looks like, you know, some of the, some of the buildings in, in the old country, you know, that are so big, you know, you and 19 families could live in them. So whatever they look like there, okay, that really doesn't matter because the main part has already been prepared. Now, now, I'm with him through the person of the Holy Ghost. And so when I begin to pray in the Spirit, I have a sense, and I, I mean, it, it's, it, it's just not coincidence. I mean, as I'm telling you this, I, I, have, I have cold chills. I mean, just running my body, thinking about. Did I spit on you? Thinking about, thinking about, I don't have to do this life by myself. Hmm? See, an, an orphan in the natural is fatherless. And you could have lived in a home with two parents and had a non-existent father and felt like an orphan. But man, my daddy God... I mean, you know what they're talking about at the right hand? Us. All of heaven is focused on what we're doing. And God has never been disappointed with you in any way, but what disappoints him is when he sees us trying to work this stuff out down here without him. God disappoints him because he's sitting up there saying, we can fix that. 
we can fix it. And all, everybody on the planet saying, God's in charge. God's in charge of what? The thing you guys had over at, at Shriner about the end it thing, 27 million, wasn't it? 27 million girls in human trafficking. 27 million? And you're going to tell me God's in charge? 27 million girls are in human trafficking in America today because men want that. In more ways than one. My God. And God's saying, we can fix this. We can fix it. You've got to listen to me. We can fix it. I sent you the one to help you. I'll help you do this. Wow, how can we change the whole world one person at a time? And you know what it starts with? You. So what's God looking for? God's looking for, I used a mother raising little children. God's looking for you instead of wanting to pull your hair out of your head because, you know, somebody's screaming and crying, and if you've got more than one, you know, they're screaming and crying at the same time a lot of times, you know? They, 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 you know, they don't even know what they want. They're, 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 they're frustrated, and they're crying, and you're frustrated. And what God wants is, what God wants is, I mean, I don't know, uh, tie them up and put them in a closet for a minute or something. I don't know. But no, I'm, te- I'm just playing. But really, I'm just playing. It's just a joke, okay? That's not what I meant. But, but find somehow, somehow, to step back for about five minutes and be able to pray in the Holy Ghost and say, Helper, help me. And you know what? He'll help you. You say, now, now how can that work? Have you ever tried it? Well, no, but how is that? You never tried that? If you never tried it, how, can you, how, how do you know whether it's going to work or not? So, so what's he going to do? Just come down and make a mind? No, he's going to teach you how to do it. He's not going to raise your kids. He don't want to raise your kids. He wants you to raise them in his wisdom. Right? I'm just using a mother as an example, but I don't care what it is. You've got a business, and it's floundering and you're frustrated with it. You don't know what to do. You know what he wants? He ju- he's saying, I got the answers. Learn to talk to me. See, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't do stupid things. And then, you know, I'm looking back at myself. I know. I've done stupid things because I didn't walk by the Spirit, but every time I walk by the Spirit, I don't do stupid things. So what he's wanting is just some time. Just step back. You know what? I'm not making another decision in this business until I hear from God. You know what you know what'll happen? He'll teach you how to hear from him. I'm not making another decision about my future, about where I'm going until I tap the already prepared and set up destiny of my father. And he's given us all the help to do it. And we have to learn how to tap that. Do you see? Amen? So then he said in verse, he says some amazing things in 12, 13, and 14. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Verse 14. If you ask anything in my name. So if you love me, keep my commandments, and I pray the Father, and he'll give you that helper. You see? 
Jesus had, Jesus had leaving on his mind for himself. He had staying and occupying and digging deep roots and being convinced of the helper on his mind for them. Well, show, show us the Father. I mean, no, 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 I already told you. The Father and I are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I already told you that, but he, what, they weren't getting it. But you know what? He knew they weren't going to get it. Listen to me. Those disciples didn't have what you and I have. They didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. Today, you and I, if we're born of the Spirit of God, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and when we understand what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and the ability to pray in the Spirit, everybody say pray in the Spirit, when we learn what praying in the Spirit is, what it does is it activates the Holy Spirit already in us to do His helping position. Wow, I can activate Him. Yeah, that's the way God set it up. Now watch a couple of verses of Scripture as we bring this to a close. Just three things I'm leaving with you today. Number one, be more conscious of Him. You know, defer to Him as we were just saying. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He is there for you, number one. Be conscious. Be more conscious of Him. Number two, trust Him. Romans 8.12 says this. Romans 8.12 says, what does it say? Romans 8.12. We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, 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 if by the Spirit you, if by the Spirit you, if by the Spirit, doesn't say if by the Spirit the Spirit does it, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you will live. The verse out of Galatians 5, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill these things, right? If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of things in your life that need to be shut down, we have the ability to do it, but only as we have learned and continue to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit and allow Him to help you. You can't do that on your own. Notice it said, if by the Spirit you, but it didn't say if you do it. It said if you by the Spirit. So you see the two of you as a team. The Spirit and you are a team. And he set it up that way. And then the third thing is the third thing that we've got to have to activate the Holy Spirit. Number one, to be more conscious of him. Number two, to trust him. But then number three, to pray in the Spirit. Now, I'm just going to read these verses of Scripture, and next week we'll get a little bit deeper into it, but I want to read three passages here just real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the Spirit. 
me and the Holy Ghost, and I will also pray with the understanding. So, one of the purposes of praying in the Spirit is to get the understanding that you need to raise your kids. Praying in the Spirit helps you get the understanding that you need to be better in dealing with your finances. Praying in the Spirit will help you to understand, place of an understanding, to understand in a greater way how you deal with yourself physically or in any, any other realm where your business or your jobs are concerned or your, your marriage is concerned or anything. All God wants is for us to be more conscious of Him on a day-to-day basis. Again, I don't, believe, I don't believe that the issue with the Holy Spirit is that we don't believe in Him, but I believe that the issue is, and I think it's the most important message that the church can hear today, is being aware of Him every day in every situation. He wants to be involved in everything that you do. And like I said earlier, every answer to every issue that you will ever face is in this book. It's here. But it doesn't say, Bert, you need to do this thing and you'll be a success. It doesn't say my name in there. It says, whosoever. So I changed my middle name from right to whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Amen? Whosoever will do this. This is what will work in the Holy Spirit to show you what it looks like in your situation. And don't be judging your situation with your neighbor's situation because they're totally different. And the Holy Ghost is unique with each and every one of us. You see that, okay? The, other, the next verse is Romans 8 and verse 26. Romans 8 and 26. be good for you to write these down and go look at them yourself because we're going to talk about them in a little bit, in a little bit deeper way on ne- next Sunday. So it'd be good for you to, to write these down. That first one, that, especially these here about praying in the Spirit. And, how to, and actually, what, what we're talking about is how to activate Him. How do you activate the person of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis? We just saw one way, or we just saw one of the benefits of praying in the Spirit. And then Romans 8 and verse 26, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Now, I'm just, you you may not know this, or maybe you've used this before, but Romans 8, 28 has been used to define God in a difficult situation where we have no answers. Well, you know, all things work together for good. And maybe some tragic thing happened in your life. I'm not, I'm telling you today, we're going to look at this in a deeper way. That is not what that verse of Scripture is talking about. 
This verse of Scripture is talking about people who are praying in the Spirit. And we're going to we'll show you in a deeper way. But He is here to help you in your weaknesses. And that word weakness there, if you, if, as I, I look in a couple of study manuals that I have, and, and the way that word is defined to me is, is He is here to help you when you can't do what you thought you could do in the natural and not produce results. Where you couldn't produce results, He's here to help you. When, when you've come to the end of yourself and you can do nothing else, He is here to help you, to empower you, to be your advocate, to be your intercessor. He's taking your needs to the Father all the time. And just reminding the Father that your needs are met according to what the Word of God says. This is a team effort and it's a team package that we've got to realize our part in what we play in this. It's so important. Things don't just happen. Well, God will take care of it. God's already taken care of it. He's already taken care of everything. And the things that we don't see working is because we've not learned how to walk by the Spirit and tap into what the answers are to things that need to be fixed. Now show me a, 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 show me a hand when I ask you this question. How many of you know people in your life, neighbors, that need help? And let me ask you this question. How many of you seen people that needed help and you didn't know what to do for them. I mean, honestly, I'm not, I mean, I, there's times. Okay? We see here, when we don't know how to pray, when we don't know what to do, we begin, Holy Ghost begins on the inside of us, because my spirit and his spirit are one, begins to take over, and all of a sudden, wisdom and knowledge and understanding that we just read out of 1 Corinthians begin to come to us. My mind is unfruitful. I begin to pray in the spirit, and all of a sudden... Now my mind becomes fruitful with understanding that I need to know how to deal with the situation. Now, listen to me, and I don't mean this in any ugly way at all, at all. But this is Christianity 101. Because without the activation of the Holy Spirit and the awareness of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis, we don't have the power to be Christ-like. Hmm? Men, you don't have the power to be what your wife needs. I'll say husbands. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost. She thinks one way, you think another way, and you think you're right. And with the Holy Ghost, he begins to show you how you're wrong. (laughs) And vice versa. You just step back. Ah, Okay, okay, okay. That won't work. I mean, it'll, you know, drain the blood maybe from your brain a little bit that brings some endorphins and, and the release or whatever that you need. But it won't bring any answers. And I don't know what to do, Pastor. Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you don't know what to do, 
You don't know how to pray. You pray in the Holy Spirit and understanding God. Man. Now listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm almost done. I'm almost running too late. I'm just give you these. And I'm going to read this. Verse, well, it'd be good for you to read verse from verse, uh, not, uh, I'll just read the whole chapter. Anyway, but, but I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Just go meditate on that for the next month. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God. Now watch verse 13, and I, I take a second, if you'll put that up in the Amplified in verse 13, because I, I like the way 13 is read here by, in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 2, 13. And we are setting these truths forth in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Combining and interpreting spiritual truths, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. Interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. To interpret natural truths, it comes through natural language. To understand spiritual truths from natural language, it can only come from the Spirit. And spiritual language that we have to connect with God so that we begin to understand things. Listen, listen. And when you think, as you're hearing me say this, if you think this is nuts, okay, so did I. First time somebody taught this, they thought, I thought it was nuts. But after 35 plus years, I can tell you, man. And when they started arguing with Paul about it, he said, you know what? I just thank God I pray in tongues more than you. (laughs) Argue all you want, but I'm telling you it produces. And I'm not, you know, it's not something to shove and force and try to put on somebody. But I'm meaning, I'm talking about the God of the universe will reveal things to you that your natural, the natural world has no clue of. And part of the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal things that are to come. The world tells you about things that happened yesterday. Holy Ghost will tell you about things that are to come. If you're supposed to do it, you can probably make a lot of money on the stock market because he'll tell you about things that are coming. Anyway, uh, honest. Okay, and then I'll end with this and we'll tap into this next week. Jude, Jude, which is, you can pick a chapter, one, two, three, four, five, six, they're all the same. Jude 20, and you, you, but you, beloved, say, I'm beloved, okay, he's talking to you, but you, beloved, Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Man, I just, I'm weak, I'm down, I'm downtrodden. Build up. Build yourself up. 
Build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Some of the, some, you know, when I say darkest, everybody's got dark days or things that you're dealing with stuff. But in my darkest days, the only hope was the Holy Ghost praying and he would build me up. He would build me up in here and give me understanding about what to do out there that was affecting me. And God's no respecter person. If he's done it for me, he'll do it for you, right? And, and, and vice versa. So I'm just telling you today, there is a helper, and his name is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and he is put here to help us finish the course and fulfill the destiny that God had planned for you. And if you didn't know this, the Scripture tells you this, God had a plan for your life before you were even thought about. I don't know how, but it says it. He had a plan and a destiny for you before you were even thought about. And he wants you to fulfill that plan and destiny. And the way to do it is through the person of the Holy Spirit who is the helper. And during my message today, how many of you just happen to glance over and look at this chair throughout the service, right? Because of what I said. Come on, everybody, raise your hand. <laughs> so it makes me look good when I ask you this question. But he's here. So if, okay, so if, Matt, come sit up here. Jump up here. Don't take the stairs. <laughs> there we go. I did, had to pick somebody that I knew could jump. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, this is the way the Holy Spirit is, okay? So, if I want to have communication with him, I just talk to him. See, and you've got to remind yourself every day of how close he is and how he wants to help you. And the help you need is a breath away. You're praying. And if you don't know, if you're not begin to pray in the Spirit yet, you'll have the opportunity in the next two weeks before we leave this message to pray in the Spirit. Because I'm telling you, without it, I, I, I don't know how people are going to last in the days ahead. I don't know. I don't know. The pressure is immense. Amen? Thank you. Father, we thank you today. Lord, I, I just... I thank you so much for giving me revelation. I mean, I don't, at times I don't even, in the natural in my head, I don't even feel like I deserve to preach this word. But none of us do. And I declare today how thankful I am for the anointing to preach this message that liberates people's thinking today, making them aware of how close you really are and how much, how much that you understand and how help is here. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. You've not left us here as orphans. You've prepared us and empowered us. Today, I thank you that this word goes deep in the hearts of your people to where they embrace the awareness of how close you really are 
every day and in every situation and in every need today. 